Hello and welcome back to this brand new episode of Coffee Protocol Podcast. This is your host, Barista on Bike. There's a lot that's been happening in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I've traveled to a lot of different places. Also, thank you very much for all of who sent their feedback. It really does mean a lot to me. I, I'm still hoping that all of you are liking the content uh, on the podcast. So the idea is to get as many as people as I can onto this podcast. Uh, also, I wanted to share an update. In 2019, the end of 2019, December, all the way until 2020, February, Pratik, uh, who is a videographer and a cinematographer, Pratik and I, uh, we shot a movie called as C for Coffee, which is basically showcasing the specialty coffee scene of India. We were on the motorcycle all the way from Delhi up until Chennai, trying to make a C on the map of India. And I mean, we were on schedule up until the pandemic hit us all and we could not get access to our videos uh, and our footages. Skip 2020 in that sense. We are now on the post-production uh, stage of the movie. So there's a lot that's happening with that movie as well. Um, I can't wait to share that with you guys and people who are not from the coffee community. It's, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, documentary. Uh, of course, I mean, I'm going to say that it's amazing because there's so many passionate people in the movie. You're going to be just loving it. So, yeah, working on that, uh, probably I'll share more updates uh, as I go. Coming to this episode that we have this week, we have Divya from Beachville Coffee Roasters uh, based out of Chennai. You'll just fall in love with the kind of thought that she has with coffee, which is very simple yet very straightforward. Her story is really, really nice and I did not know a lot of it up until I actually sat down with her and spoke with her. In fact, I did not know of Beachville Roasters till a couple of years ago. I think Madras Ponnu, uh, she was the one who put me uh, in touch with this roaster. And uh, she said that, you know, they have something called as Kalugur Gesha. <coughs> now, I had heard of Gesha and Gesha always had this, uh, one of the most expensive beans in the world. And, and there was a varietal or a variety of Gesha in India. That was fascinating. So I got in touch with her. We we were in touch, uh, I don't know, for the past few months. The last couple of times that I visited, made a point that I go and visit uh, Divya, along with uh, uh, her partner, Sandesh, uh, who's an amazing, amazing gentleman. He's involved with uh, pretty much every interesting or every big food uh, joint that you know of in Chennai and around. He's probably a part of it. So both of them, uh, They've opened this place called Beachville Roasters in Chennai. If you are in Chennai or if you plan to go to Chennai, do visit them. Their roastery is inside the cafe. The cafe is amazing. It's clean. It's sleek. And guess what? They have India's first Slayer espresso machine of the country in the cafe. It's a Slayer espresso steam. It's beautiful. Plus, I mean, the entire team is good. They have a new roaster, uh, Sahana. She's working there with Divya. Amazing staff, beautiful location, great coffee, and amazing, amazing bites to go with that. I had a really, really fun time uh, catching up with her. So, yeah, we'll get to the episode right now. Okay, just stay on the 
and your husband was always into coffee at that yes, point. Yes, in, in yes, yes. What uh, year are we talking about? This was in 2013, 14 and 15. Okay, yes. fine. And then you came back then, to India? Yes, then okay. we moved back and uh, while we were here, I still continued to run that venture for another year. It was very hard logistically, but we did travel, a, I got to travel a bit and, you know, sort of see how things were going on. Okay. Obviously, after one year, it just, it was, the QC was really hard, so we wound that up. Okay. Um, but with that learning and with that liking for coffee that I had there, I started reaching out to uh, estates here. And uh, okay. because I think around 2015-16 was when the specialty scene was in its nascency, it was sort of taking off. Get it. Get it. So um, I was fortunate enough to reach out to two, three estates which were really, really passionate about coffee and passionate about specialty coffee practices in particular. And uh, uh, so I again found um, uh, a friend here who does toll roasting, who helped us with toll roasting, who helped us with uh, learning the basics of roasting. But just about three, four bags of coffee to begin with. Experimented with different roasts, different blends for filter coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the first couple of years were just that in you know, traveling and exploring different estates, different types of roasting. Okay. And then suddenly my the Diedrich uh, two and a half IR two point five was up for sale. Okay. And uh, even like I, I had just had a baby at that point, so wow. much before I was even prepared or even thinking about it. I, I bought the roast, it was a good deal and uh, uh, it was also uh, irresistible so we bought it and <laughs> started roasting and again learning roasting by doing and uh, um, and then baby steps, you know, we formed a, uh, we uh, did a website at home, my husband is a computer uh, scientist, computer engineer, so he helped me with designing the a very bare bones website and uh, then we started retailing in a small way to friends and family and okay. then the website sort of got on and then we got the eye of a wide, wider audience and uh, from there we sort of you know so in, in, in which year did you uh, buy the current roaster that we have 2017 2017 and yeah. before that uh, yeah. when you said you were like experimenting with different roasts yeah, yeah. you're roasting somewhere else or you're roasting so on a different machine i was roasting on diedrich only Okay. With the distributor of like, whoever okay. was distributing at that point in time. Okay, okay. And um, so he was uh, very helpful, actually, very sweet, and he walked me through uh, the roasting and everything. Obviously, it is very different to see someone else roasting than it is to roast yourself. So, so at that point, um, you were not roasting yourself? Uh, no, I was there when we were roasting. Okay. But the profile was something that he was walking me through. Okay. So okay. I would tell him what I, what I tasted in the coffee, what I wanted a little bit different, but he okay. was the one controlling the profile. Okay. okay. In 2017, when, uh, incidentally, that is when we incorporated the company as well. Okay. Uh, rather, we started operations. That's okay. when we bought the roaster, mm-hmm. and I started selling in a big way only when we started roasting the coffee ourselves. Okay. So, okay. Uh, till then, it was just friends and family. It was really just to understand more of what we were doing. And of Test course, the market. Correct. Sort of Test the market. And through friends and family, there were some people who bought uh, and who really liked what we were doing. Okay. But it was only after we bought the 2.5 that we really started roasting and retailing what we were roasting. Cool. So yeah. uh, so you bought this uh, new roaster at the point and then yeah. you started roasting your own self. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when you experimented. So at this point, you did not have any formal education uh, to it, do with roasting? No. 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 So I, I still don't. So it's all learning by doing. It's all learning by doing. It's all about um, um, understanding what kinds of coffees that we work with. Okay. Uh, and especially in Chennai, uh, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure it's the same way in other cities, but 
here the weather the humidity is such a big deal correct uh, temperature yeah. is such a big deal yeah. and just understanding weather patterns like i'm becoming a weather woman by the day <laughs> but understanding all of that has been a huge deal too so it's it's a lot about learning you know uh, science and pretty much everything through the art of roasting every day okay uh, and uh, one benchmark that i always like to maintain is uh, uh, the kelagur kesha that we bought that's a coffee that we bought at the same time that we bought the roaster so that is one coffee that i've been roasting for 3 years okay uh, maybe more and so i know that coffee really well and uh, we ensure that i mean i think they produce a very small amount of the geisha anyway mm-hmm. and uh, i think in india we buy most or all of it okay. and um, so i know that coffee in and out so i know how to roast it i know what goes wrong what goes right so that is my benchmark for uh, this roaster so okay. we both go hand in hand okay and that's how i know that you know i need the roasting well uh, or <laughs> so I, i was about to get to this uh, point about the famous kelgur geisha because yes. uh, i remember last year last to last year was the first time uh, i i heard of uh, mm-hmm. your roastery mm-hmm. which will roasters and mm-hmm. and uh, that was because somebody had posted about kelgur geisha right and uh, geisha obviously is a very famous uh, terminology that we Correct. use for getting the variety oh, you know there's a geisha there there's a geisha there and yeah. it, it really piqued my interest and uh, that's yeah. how i i got to know about mm-hmm. okay there's another roast again mm-hmm. right which is interesting now how did you get hold of this kelgur geisha uh i just did a google search really for whether yes it's as simple and uh, as like mind bending is that i okay. just wanted to see i was on this was again 3 years back when i yeah. was on i was trying to find new estates and i was interested to see whether there's anybody in india who grows the geisha okay. i think that year uh, and obviously every year since then but the cup of excellence and you know the highest uh, bid at the auction was for the geisha etc etc so um, i searched and i think uh, fortuitously uh, just a month prior or something kelagur mm-hmm. heights estate had made done up their website mm-hmm. or something like that basically okay. everything just aligned okay nice so um that happened and uh, i reached out to them and okay. then we scheduled it was thankfully early harvest season okay scheduled a trip took my one year old there oh wow and it was quite an adventurous trip for us at that point it was her first trip out there home okay. and um so um they were very also interested to see that the geisha had a lot of because i think till then they were exporting all the geisha okay. and uh, they have a very like small crop of the geisha by itself okay. um and they were very interested to see that uh, somebody from you know india was looking at the geisha seriously and both of us were interested i was surprised that they hadn't been you know taken up on the offer before just like why not like, exactly exactly it just happened and they okay. were very you know like they were like you know we thought only uh, exporters would be looking at this we are very surprised that you are here wow it just happened so wow <laughs> yeah. it's as simple as a google search exactly yes wow. sometimes the simplest things in life like because it's very interesting because i remember uh, in the past couple of months that mm-hmm. i got this opportunity to talk to a few people right uh, whether it's the roast, roasting side of business or whether it's the plantation right. side right there are interestingly people just saying you know go to google yes and they have yes. come across some really interesting and very important stuff and yeah it's just about like finding something and like making a call or i don't know whatever no, absolutely just, it's fascinating because i think the market indian market is still so young hmm. um the planters are finding ways to reach roasters and roasters are finding ways to reach planters and bo- all of us are trying to find ways to reach consumers Correct. that uh, there is still you know not 
we still don't know how to put out information about ourselves okay. uh, i think we're still in that level of nascency where everybody's trying to find a way to talk about what makes us special or just talk about ourselves and uh, okay. because of which sometimes a google search is just the easiest way correct, like you correct, you do uh, the community is small correct um and it does tend to talk about the a lot of the same things over and over again yeah, as with any other agree, uh, small community yeah, 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 yeah. so i think in that sense everybody has a website these days everybody has an insta page correct. sometimes just you know spending time on insta and google is so beneficial to me uh, and coffee websites and you just learn something new uh something to sort of peak your interest after you know like a long day of roasting yeah. a long day of work yeah so that's a nice thing always i pretty much learn a lot of things on instagram uh, right. i mean also instagram is a very sometimes it's a very dubious place because <laughs> you get a lot of uh, crappy information as well <laughs> that's uh, but then you really need to know the source and then you need to sift it out yeah yeah but but this is so interesting so in india yeah uh, apart from you is there anybody else doing the kesha I think Casey used to do the Geisha two seasons oh, back. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, Casey did. They did it. Dark Roast. Yeah. Okay. I don't okay. know if they do that anymore. Okay. I don't think they do. At least I haven't seen it in their lineup last. Okay. okay. I'm not sure right now. I think G Shot Roast used to do it last season. Yeah, I think I saw G Shots. Yeah. Uh, Siddharth Siddharth was somewhere that he did. Couple of conversations about that. Yes. Uh, wow. And this I'm season, I'm not sure. Not a lot of people were behind the Geishas. I don't back. know if they were or they were not. Oh, three years back, no. We were the first. I think I sort of beat the herd. Okay. Just so you have the dibs on it, like you yes. Know, you just <laughs> nice. Yeah. nice. I I hope I do. <laughs> I have to. Nice. It's been a while since I spoke to them. I should. Uh, I mean, I know that they had un- unfortunately unseasonable rains. So I've been letting them just uh, cope okay. with that. Okay. Okay. Hope things are fine. I should reach nice. out again and see. Uh, so, what was the first coffee that you ever picked up after buying the roastery? Oh, um, we picked up the Atika. Atika. Yeah. Wow, three okay. years back, yes. I was very very lucky enough to get like one or two bags of it. I don't remember. Okay. Atikan and uh, uh, one or two bags of the Kaladev Rapura. Okay. PSD, yeah. uh, which oh. is one of my favorite coffees as well. Okay. And then we got uh, whatever remaining crop that year uh, Kelagor had of the Geisha, which okay. was like four bags or something, which I ran out like this. Wow. And I have since then always been called. Since then it's always been like me calling. Kelagor, you know, I need, I need coffee. I need coffee. I need coffee now. I need coffee yesterday. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so you bought the roast. You bought the roaster. Mm-hmm. Um, you just had your baby. Yes. Um, how did you start with like? two interesting life projects of my say uh, i know it just sounds wrong to say that but i mean you have no, it sounds baby, exactly right you have baby at one end and yes. you have to uh, another baby which is the roster yes, yes, at the yes. other end and yes and yes. you're still trying to learn both of it yes exactly correct yes one of them you realize you can learn you can realize you can learn roasting <laughs> on most days the roasting machine will will do what you tell it to do <laughs> But the other baby, I'm still learning. <laughs> But um, no, it was just one of those things where. So my husband is really into coffee, like I was saying. Yeah. It's it's just the family setup that okay. it takes a village to raise a baby, okay. and I used my village to raise the baby, wow. <laughs> and I still do. Everybody was really interested in it. We were all apprehensive, obviously, small baby on one's hands. What do you do, types? But um, it's. it is still hard scheduling things yeah. but um, you just you just learn to do the scheduling and live with the long days and the hard days and um, uh, obviously both of them uh, and now i have a third baby which is the cafe 
and uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. so uh, but it's it's about at, at some when it's really hard you just realize that you have a responsibility Correct. i have started this company i have started the cafe i have a responsibility to my to my uh, baristas to my you know, my staff yeah. i have a responsibility to my customers in order to do qc for roasting well Correct. and when i'm really really overworked and overscheduled that's what drags me through mm-hmm. But thankfully, that's a very small percentage of time, and obviously, I have a responsibility to my child as well. So, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> that, that came after your cafe and your roasting. <laughs> wow. No, that is something that is always there. Correct, right? yeah, it's yeah, always just, like uh, hanging on, yeah. and uh, uh, so <laughs> that's always there. When it's really hard for me, this is what sort of I, I make myself uh, do this because. Okay. Uh, I know that once I get over the really hard day, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun again. Correct. It's going to be Correct. fun and like really nice working on something that I love doing. Okay, makes um, sense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's it's not easy, but I mean, everybody is obviously going through this like in some format or the other. So, you just, just get through the hard days so that you can have that lovely cup of coffee again. <laughs> Every, everybody has their own battles to fight. Correct. Yes. Uh, so, if I may ask, yes. uh, so when this was happening, so your roasting, mm-hmm. uh, your roaster uh, just caught with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had your baby. How old were you at that point? I was twenty nine. Okay. Twenty nine, thirty. Yeah. Okay, and then you were like managing all of this together. Yes. So when you started roasting. Yes. Uh, was it like initially that you were prone to only towards the filter coffee side of it, or was it like? I have always been prone towards the filter coffee side okay. of it. That is what started everything for me. Okay. Uh, my first cup of coffee has to be filter coffee okay. and simply because uh, like my support base is in Chennai, my friends and family are yeah. in Chennai uh, and um, they are the ones obviously who did a lot of uh, initial QC on my first roasts. Okay. Uh, there is my parents and my in-laws and mm-hmm. uh, my sister and all mm-hmm. of them and they drink almost exclusively filter coffee. Okay. Because of that all my you know test base has been based on filter coffee and it's just sort of built off of that. Okay. And I am also very partial to filter coffee, honestly. Okay. And uh, I mean, we have seen in you know in my travels and everything, I have seen perfect espresso blends, perfect single origin, medium roast espressos, everything. Mm-hmm. I've yet to see a really, really memorable uh, filter coffee blend. Okay. Um, so that is something that I that's very close to my heart that I keep working on that I and that I hope to work on in different formats. Okay. We're working on a bunch of. Uh, different projects with that nice. so uh, that is yeah for me especially as somebody from Chennai that's like very emotional for me so, so uh, what I have normally come across yeah. Okay, uh, yeah is that you know filter coffee so there's this there's this notion that filter coffee equals to very dark beans mm. yes okay you kind of sort of by mistake screwed up your coffee yes put it into filter coffee correct yes. that's a common notion Yes. Is it true? Is it not true? Or how, how do you think on it? Uh, it's a common notion mm-hmm. and I think it works 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it actually works. Like you're, you're, um, the moment you're adding milk, mm-hmm. um, obviously you're taking away... You, you can work with beans that may not work in other more unforgiving types of growing for sure. Okay. Um, but I hate that notion. Okay. Uh, simply because it disrespects the coffee and it disrespects the method of brewing as well. Correct. Um, so I have actually, um, whenever I roast a batch of my medium roast of the geisha, mm-hmm. which actually is more of a light roast, a light medium roast, okay. um, I always take, my filter coffee at home is always with the medium roast. 
and I have been experimenting on and off at the cafe as well with medium, just the single origin geisha roasted light medium for okay. the filter coffee. And medium. Yes. Wow. Okay. For the filter coffee and uh, the response has been fabulous. Okay. Uh, so um, to answer your question, yes, it is possible uh, that you can you cannot go wrong with the filter coffee if you have roasted your beans badly or if you roasted them really dark or something mm, like wow. that. Um, but I feel there is so much more that you can do with that method of that style Absolutely. of brewing. Yeah. Uh, so that is something that again that we're working on. We're working on different uh, filter coffee brewer itself, working mm -hmm. on different blends, single origin, light of medium roasts mm -hmm. for the filter coffee. Um, there's so much to do with that. Like we have reverse engineered the espresso, the we've reverse engineered the aeropress and learned the mechanism so much. Correct. I feel that uh, the filter coffee is able to make the, the, the South Indian like that you know basic device mm -hmm. is able to bring about a brew which is sweet and acidic and has a lot of body at the same time mm. uh, which is to be honest something I have not particularly seen uh, from any other brewing device correct so that is something that definitely should be understood a lot more I think we owe it to I think take it for granted community. how South Indian filter coffee is supposed to be exactly exactly uh, yeah I mean, I've been guilty of it myself. Uh, no, I've, I'm not guilty of it too, for sure. It's yeah. easy. Yeah. And so, um, what may not work with the espresso machine will definitely work with the, you know, filter. Sorry. It is unforgiving. I mean, it okay. is forgiving. Sorry, in that it's, sense. It's so very much. forgiving, right? It's very forgiving, and yeah. you cannot go wrong. Correct. And all else fails, you can put sugar in that coffee. So, Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so you must get everything. Fine. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Tasty. Exactly. <laughs> So, but I, I feel we owe it to ourselves as the coffee, part of the coffee community to do more with that. So do you also think uh, that a proper, uh, if, I, if I'm trying to put it correctly, mm -hmm. specialty South Indian filter coffee? Yes. Is, is that something that is not yet pretty much there out in the market? Yes, yeah. I definitely feel that gap is there. Yeah. We do have something that hopefully will fill in that which will fill and has been filling at least in Chennai we have a lot of uh, following for the filter coffee blend a lot okay. of people uh, yeah we have a, a good base for that uh, okay. but yes we I there is a there is a gap even in Chennai there is a gap in India there is a gap in the world for understanding more about the filter and uh, about the, like putting out a good blend a specialty blend out there okay which um, which yeah which sits really well with the uh, as a filter coffee okay and uh, so quickly mm. what do you think of or what do you what according to you is is a specialty coffee specialty coffee hmm, it's traceable it has unique flavors uh -huh. um, for me most importantly when I source it's defect free as defect free as possible okay um, and I also go one step backward which is to go to the estate itself Okay. Um, so, at this point in time when we source, we don't evaluate the coffee as much as we evaluate the estates and the estate management. Interesting. Because over the years, I've bought different coffees and worked with different people mm -hmm. uh, to know that um, when the estate is passionate about specialty coffee, mm -hmm. uh, whatever they give me has always turned out to be okay. When um, some it's, it's not much, it's only two, three times that I've had this problem, but uh, when they are not necessarily, you know, that 
obsessive about their processes or probably not really looking into their processes for specialty coffee mm. i've noticed a lot of inconsistencies okay and uh, because of which i in my mind it creates some sort of a um, you know some sort of a barrier between me and that particular estate correct 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 in those two three cases i've never felt like going back to them okay. because i'm always doubtful um and uh, so for me i mean for all of us it's like um once in a year sourcing right once okay. in a year the piece source and then after that i always like to work with people where i can take my eyes off the ball eyes off the green coffee so if they've given me their word that it's a specialty the rest of the year i do not evaluate that coffee okay and uh, which which makes sense i mean the amount of coffee that i deal with on a yearly basis or you know any of the larger people deal with on a mm-hmm. yearly basis um for me that is not something uh, it doesn't make sense for me every time i get like a batch of coffee from them to be evaluating or every time i open a bag to be evaluating because i feel that's uh it's a trust yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's it's time that's wasted and it's yeah. uh, in some sense i feel like i'm breaking some level of uh, trust. trust there yeah, yeah. uh so that's why i right now work with very few estates which uh, where the management is something that i have a relationship mm-hmm. a relationship with yeah. and i can trust them um so um for me specialty coffee honestly begins there okay in india okay. when i look at a coffee where i don't know anything about the coffee or the management um then it's about first thing is defect free mm-hmm. uh and then second thing is uh the origin where it comes from the third thing once i put it into my roaster and taste it is it unique okay. is there something that is there potential that i can then make something unique out okay yeah and do you emphasize or do you uh, put any importance towards the uh, cup scores uh no cuz a lot of people do yes uh, go for the cup scores correct and uh, because i i feel that you know cup scores are, are definitely subjective for sure sure yes but it's also about you know sometimes you know a cup that is scoring 81 and a cup correct. that's scoring 79 you know correct correct um, there could be a lot of things done even for the 79 correct then, exactly you know, it just didn't reach it. that number correct correct correct, correct. 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 So, i typically don't go by cup scores okay. when the estate gives me a cup score i take that as a just a benchmark okay. just a pointer okay. just to get a relative idea just okay. in my mind about um yeah where i can benchmark it mm. and then uh, for me if i'm far more important is my tasting of that coffee my roasting and tasting of that coffee mm. and seeing whether it fits my the set of profiles that i typically like okay. uh that's all cups beyond that once once i yeah once i get that coffee in my hand it, the cup score even doesn't matter for me uh, it's just about how it fits into what i currently carry and what i want to carry thanks uh so at at any given point of time so as we as we speak right now uh, mm-hmm. sitting in your cafe mm-hmm. How many different coffee beans from different farms do you carry? This year we've done four uh, different beans. Okay. We've done um, three from Chikmagalur, one of which is Kelagur, okay. uh, and one from Yerkad. From from Yerkad. From Yerkad. Nice. At the fag end of the season, we got this very interesting bean from uh, the Giris called uh, from Hardur Estate. Hardur. Okay. Yeah. uh which is i typically don't work with natural processed coffees okay. but this was a very interesting double fermented coffee and uh so it made me break my typical rule of no naturals <laughs> okay so why even you don't like naturals <laughs> i don't know i have a physical reaction to naturals when i drink them <laughs> so it's like my palate tells me don't that's all i have no idea why i don't like naturals yeah. but in most of the cases i feel that that overripe fermenty okay. 
like note really yeah. really gets to me okay it's a really a thin line to walk between overripe and natural coffee okay. so for me uh, yeah so okay. hardur has done something right thankfully with the processing but it is a very very limited uh, quantity that we Do you have direct speaking when with uh, scott rao I by any chance i don't because he also hates naturals really yeah, yeah. he's like he's like you know very much washed coffee preferred <laughs> clean coffee right. this is what his preference very is very western right yeah. yeah 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 the west But does a lot of uh, washed and i think since i spent since my coffee education in some sense has been from new york exactly that that Maybe. is exactly what i was coming to Alliance, yeah. the american side of coffee correct correct uh, i I think a lot of people from the west they yeah. prefer correct. clean coffees correct correct over how we term as the funky coffees yeah uh, probably that could be influencing factor absolutely maybe maybe yeah. yeah i once tried uh, i traveled to i think uh, the netherlands yeah mm-hmm. somewhere in amsterdam i met this roaster and um, he, he i don't know whether he is completely trying to break away from the mold he um uh, i i tried in his roastery a natural kenyan coffee I died. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's fruity and and fermenty and everything. Just all the things that you would not want. <laughs> exactly. The the Kenyan by itself may have been amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they they are. Yeah. yeah. But um, add the natural process to that. Yeah. I was oh that was one of the most cringe-worthy cups of coffee I ever had, and I obviously couldn't say that to his face. Yeah. Like, so oh what did you God. say? Was it interesting? In- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hmm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so next time you hear yes. somebody say interesting to you, yes. uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I need to probe means. further. Or <laughs> wow. So I, I'm I'm yes. a sucker for naturals. Okay. Uh, I love natural coffee. Okay. Uh, I think uh, mostly because I like that that funky the uh, funky natural taste. taste. Right. Uh, fruity acidity stuff. Right, right, right. I do like washed coffees. Okay. Uh, especially for espressos. Okay. Uh, sure. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, if I had to pick, I would definitely go with natural. That's just me. That's you. But I know it's 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 difficult to roast and difficult to put it in your grinder and get bored with how it behaves. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think everybody has their own preference. No, definitely. Do you like naturals in uh, espressos as well? I have tried a few, mm-hmm. which has turned out good. But I think, uh, or I have a feeling that at a at a cafe level, right, it is a little challenging. to have naturals maintain their uh, consistency yeah because absolutely it's just so different every time right. and then right most of the cafes i think i think it's very difficult for um, an end barista to always mm. continuously uh, right adjust the grind and you know calibrate it and have those things that's fair uh, yeah and plus not a lot of people like funky notes in their espressos isn't that changing I, mean, I feel like the market is changing right now. But I I feel that a lot of funky stff in the in the espresso with mm. milk especially. Correct. Oh, it's hard challenging. to. So it's not a crowd pleasing. Fair. Okay. No, there will be people who like it. Right. I I feel that uh, Most not everybody would like it. But everybody would definitely like a a good straight clean espresso washed crisp espresso in a washed. Absolutely. That's that's right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, coming back to to your roast tree. Mhm. When and how did you think of also opening a cafe? Uh the cafe has been in the making for about a year. Okay. Obviously we we were supposed to launch it in April or May last year obviously covid uh, yeah. um at that point we couldn't do anything but um, 
But the idea for the cafe, I think, yeah, it's it's been about a year old and we started talking about it six months prior to that. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like a natural extension of uh, what we had been doing with the roastery. Okay. So the roastery was in, in about uh, 1500 square feet of space, like just empty space with the roaster and my EK43. And uh, anytime like a customer asked us anything, it was always encouraging the customer to come see what we do. Correct. So all the bags of coffee were there, the roasting machine was there, the uh, EK43 was there and then we had like our lineup of brewers in a mm-hmm. very, very humble, like very workshop kind of setting. Okay. Um, but I, always the idea was to bring people over there to mm-hmm. see what specialty coffee is all about, what Peachville is all about. The more we started doing that and there were obviously a lot of customers who responded and who used to come and um, uh, pick up coffee, they liked the aroma, they used to come, whenever they picked up coffee they used to have, you know, like a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. V60 there or something. And the more we, we saw people walking in to interact with the business in some way, we realized that an experience center of some sort is called for. Okay. Because, uh, uh, I mean, the cafe is a natural next step, but for mm-hmm. me, I still want the space to be more of an experience center, so we're trying to, you know, get new things on our menu often, we're trying to have like coffees of the month or something of that sort where uh, obviously the menu from a cafe operation standpoint we need as much standardization as possible so the Mm -hmm. menu is designed in such a way that we're able to try to satisfy as many customers as we can Mm -hmm. but uh, the side that I really enjoy about the cafe is where people can come in and ask for uh, I want this note in my coffee mm-hmm. or I you know I like your Kelagur Geisha can you make an espresso of it mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. uh, I mean uh, espresso with it for me can you or I like you know my filter coffee uh, with ABC note Correct. do you think you can make a blend and mm-hmm. you know give that to me and that is definitely something that we have trained ourselves to uh, meet those sorts of customizations uh, and um, so the idea with the cafe was always that we needed like uh, customers to experience what we're doing mm-hmm. which how, however you know open we were with getting customers to the roastery it's not it was obviously difficult to schedule and things like that with the mm-hmm. cafe it's more of an open plan you can walk in and you technically can ask whatever question you want about coffee mm-hmm. and those are the conversations that we enjoy the most that I personally do enjoy the most mm-hmm. and um, so it seemed I mean it, it was it, it is pretty much a natural next step for most roasteries mm-hmm. And for us, it was just uh, sort of meeting a demand, at least in the city, to uh, understand what specialty coffee is and to sort of engage with okay. engage okay. with us more. Okay. Uh, two questions at this point. Yes. Uh, first one, uh, Chennai is a market. Yes. Now, Chennai is like predominantly, uh, from what I've known or what I've seen, mm. uh, it's like a filter coffee drinking yes. city. Yes. And then to introduce filter coffee, a good mm. filter coffee, and obviously along with that a lot of other specialty coffee uh, yes. options with different brewing and espressos. Yeah. Was it sort of uh, difficult or was it like a natural thing? You know, people just came and they wanted to experiment with a lot of different coffees. No, it, it seemed, uh, it actually was natural. Yeah. But from our end, I think we definitely did have to work a lot on how to, like you say, uh, have everything together. Okay. So we are a city which I feel so far has seen filter coffee in one way mm-hmm. and uh, espresso and everything else in another way. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the two of them have never really coexisted. Correct. And for me as a roaster and for any roaster, it wouldn't make sense. They're Correct. all coffee. They're all you know, just brewed different ways. Yeah. Um, so this is something that uh, we brainstormed a lot before we started and before we designed the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether we even wanted to do filter coffee. 
and okay. uh, at some point when uh, you know my uh, my team was probably saying they didn't want to mm. i was very upset because this is obviously for, for me filter coffee is where this all began okay so um it was uh, and over time we we realized that if we are going to be somebody in coffee mm. if we are going to be somebody that um, you know we that wants to be an authority on mm. specialty coffees in some way Okay. Um obviously having filter coffee on the menu is important. Okay. Uh but the way we sort of did that in this setting with the espresso machine around and you know espresso machine front and center when you walk in all of that is to take away all associations to filter coffee. Mm. Our filter coffee blend is very very different from anything you would find anywhere else in the city. It doesn't mm. have chicory, it doesn't have robusta. Mm. That itself for us is a differentiating factor but not necessarily for the customer mm-hmm. uh and then we brought got these you know handmade i mean Just specifically made. thank you so much so beautiful <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. uh so this is again something that we spent a lot of time this particular filter coffee cup okay. is a lot of something we spent a lot of time designing was it well custom made for you it was custom made yes. it is custom made so okay. uh so we wanted to basically remove the association with filter coffee you might have anywhere else so when you walk in you may like it you may not like it but this is what we feel you should be experiencing filter coffee as yeah. and most days actually along with like a cup of cappuccino or something the filter coffee is the highest selling wow. so we have the regular hot filter coffee and then we also have like a cold filter coffee beverage both of them put together turn out to be the highest selling in the cafe on most days wow. so clearly there's something that we are doing right when in sort of reimagining the filter coffee in some way and also keeps in line with what we sort of know about no of our city okay um so you know people taking the heritage and putting it exactly, in a modern way exactly putting it in a slightly packaging it in a slightly different way mm-hmm. so people are um so both of them can coexist like an, a, a big espresso machine and the south indian filter they Correct. can coexist and yeah. people are willing to try different interpretations and different nuances of different beverages because as you mentioned mm. there are a very very few places in the country mm. uh, of what i have yes. personally seen yeah. and visited yeah. uh, that you know that that do really good filter coffee yes. and they do really good espresso correct it's very yes. very like i can literally count on my fingertips you know like right, right, right. out of them uh, right. which is interesting and i definitely uh, so right after yeah. this interview while you finished your filter coffee i'm going <laughs> to go and order my filter coffee One as more. well Uh, yes. Yeah, that is one point. Second point, coming to the big machine that you spoke about. Yes. So you have this amazing Slayer espresso machine, yes. which I which I guess is the first in the country. Yes, it is. How did you end up buying this beautiful machine? <laughs> Shell out a lot of money for it. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um, initially we wanted to go with something more tried and tres- uh, tried and tested. but i think the more uh, so my partner sandesh is uh, he's really into espressos mm-hmm. and uh, so he's obviously been around the block with multiple machines okay. so i entrusted him with finding a machine that would work with my coffees mm-hmm. and uh, the espresso machine per se is something that i don't have uh, too much you know exposure to okay. so he came back to me and said that um, this machine is available i mean mm-hmm. available in the sense you'd have to like pay another <laughs> but it is it is an option yeah. and um, sanjay from you know sanjay jagadia from bombay was working with that machine also yeah. uh, thankfully he had been distributing it at that point as well so um um 
I read up a little bit about it, saw some videos, mm-hmm. and then was somehow I don't even know how, but instantly convinced that it would work for us. Okay. The ethos of that brand, the way they you know spoke about the espresso machine, but more importantly, the way they spoke about the coffee, mm-hmm. for me uh, convinced me that it would work because mm-hmm. for me, um, my like something that I aim is a medium roast espresso mm-hmm. or a light roast espresso, which is what I'm used to drinking from uh, my days in New York. Mm-hmm. Something that I've never seen in India, and something that actually we are doing at the cafe. We're okay. Using the right now, we're using the Kelagur uh, light medium for the past two three days. We're still working on it, uh, but that is something that goes into the slayer. So when I you know went back one and a half years, and when I wanted to f- pick up a machine, uh, when I wanted to even consider a machine which would work with my future aim of using light roasts and espressos. Um, this machine seemed to be the only thing that fit the bill at that point in time, and so it was a very very gutsy decision. And uh, because do you, want, do you want to share how gutsy it was in terms of the uh, money that you spent, or do you want to keep it like a secret? What do you suggest? I mean, I, I mean, it would just be awesome for people to know, like, you know, a, a beautiful machine like this, which is like, yeah. I would say, like, uh, not rightly, but I would say it's like the Ferrari of all the machines. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, or whatever else of all the machines. Yes, I. Uh, it's it it cost us but thirteen. A ball Sorry. Thirteen and a half lakhs. Thirteen and a half lakhs yeah. for this beautiful machine. Yes. And the grinder separately. Oh, the grinder wow. separately. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, so if you guys, uh, I mean, those who are listening right now, uh, if you do not know what the Slayer Espresso machine is, Google right now or go to Instagram, search for Slayer. It's, it's I think, one of the most beautiful looking espresso machines. Uh, it is so clean. I remember the first time I, I came to visit Beachville, I looked at this machine, my jaws dropped. It's like, wow, this is so cool. And uh, so, it's, if I'm not wrong, it's the Slayer Steam. It's the Slayer Steam LP, yes. Uh, so the steam is a commercial machine mm-hmm. and uh, the LP gives us a little more variability on uh, playing around with the parameters. Okay. So a LP more is the paddle uh, yes. that we have. Yes, yes, yes. Nice. And uh, Sandesh has the espresso which is fully, which is like the roaster's dream. So yeah. Which is fully, fully manual. Yeah. And he sits and pulls his two minute shots every day. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times a day. I saw that. But, uh, Yes. I saw that machine as well, which is also beautiful. Also very expensive, but yeah, it's amazing. More than this. And and what about the grinder? You have a Mythos we one. We have a Mythos one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Mythos one definitely does a good job. We were looking, I think, at a Mythos two at that point. Okay. Uh, but considering uh, you know COVID and logistics and everything else, it wasn't going to be available for another two two three months. Okay. This was readily available. Uh, this. What we like of this grinder is that it cools, uh, uh, it cools the machine. There's there's like a, a fan on the side Fans which cools the machine as it, okay. yeah, Sweet. which works for us because our grinds, the Slayer can take much finer grinds than most other espresso machines. Correct. So our grinds tend to be a little finer as well. Um, so that definitely helps. And um, in terms of you know the consistency and quality and everything and all day working, it's okay. it was definitely um, a very good machine for us to pair with this layer uh, and when um, at times when uh, we you know do like personalized espressos we always have the EK43. Oh sweet. Yeah. So, uh, so you have everything yes. of the the best possible. You have the EK43, you have the uh, Mythos 1 and you yes. have the Slayer, Slayer. Stream uh, espresso. Yeah. So you have a full set of now. Yeah. Uh, what is next step for Beachwell? Oh, that's such a nice question. It sounds like 
question I ask myself every day. <laughs> what is next? Um, we're still only three and a half months old. Yeah. So right now we have a, a basic understanding of what customers view us as and probably what uh, we ourselves are, what, what our positioning is in the market. Mm-hmm. Over the next three to six months, I want uh, to introduce more of uh, a slightly dynamic menu in terms of um, you know experimenting with different coffees obviously now is uh, we're just at the fag end of the harvest so within the next two months we'll start seeing new coffees yeah. so we want to introduce a lot more new coffees and maybe some natural processed coffees as well <laughs> okay <laughs> break away from <laughs> our habit for such a long time a bit and um, do a lot more events and do a lot more things where uh, you know customers are able to see different sides of coffee okay. over time over the next year i want to start doing few uh, like classes in a small way for lack of a better word but have small groups where people can understand more about the roasting maybe have small groups where people can understand um, something about processing you know farming etc it's been a pet project of mine to uh, introduce farmers more uh, introduce plantation owners more and um, farmers more maybe this I, I don't know if you've seen this uh, uh, video of cocoa farmers cacao bean farmers the mm-hmm. actual you know at the uh, fag end mm-hmm. who are given processed chocolate for the first time in their life yeah so they do they know the cacao bean uh, or the fruit they have never actually eaten processed chocolate and that just blew my mind I saw it sometime last year yeah. I've been wanting to do that with coffee for a really long yeah. time because in all my travels to all the estates um, the estate manager and everybody else that I meet yeah. they like they never get to drink specialty coffee that they prepare Correct. and uh, I feel that's that's really a shame so yeah. that's something I want to do I yeah. don't figuring out the logistics of it yeah. either send I, I don't know we'll have to figure out and maybe you can I'm sure you can help out with this sure but um, so I want to like the bean to cup process. I want to make have them both circle. yes, make them both meet yeah. somewhere, and have people you know who drink coffee every day also understand what goes into the cup from bean correct, to cup. Correct, correct. So that is definitely something I want to do. I've been looking at uh, uh, also improving or in, like increasing the choices for a home brewer in India. Mm-hmm. One question that we've been getting a lot is about uh, home espresso machines. Yeah. So, um, uh, I have a Rancilio Silvia, but I don't think everybody would be Correct. wanting to Correct. invest in that much for a home espresso machine. So, trying to see what machines from outside can be brought okay. into the country um, and uh, offer some classes on the side. Yeah. Those maybe review different kinds of machines once a month nice. and uh, have people you know come by and uh, try out the machine and see if they like it. So, trying to basically make this more of a truly an experience center okay. in Makes some sense. way. So yeah. those and and then yeah, yeah. more plans that <laughs> <laughs> obviously I can keep talking. This is this is this is uh, this is very interesting, and I think a lot of it already uh, to start off with, and, yeah. and that's something yeah. very excellent. Uh, just a small plug-in uh, sure. here about my own self. Like I remember last last week mm-hmm. uh, when I was at the plantation, Kerala mm. uh, So Pranay and I we we did make specialty coffee okay. for the staff. Nice. So for the managers, for the right. for the writer there, for the people, a uh, couple of the people who are working at the yard, yeah, right, right. they never had specialty so coffee. So this was a V60? So we made a V60. We actually made a Chemex because okay. it was the only thing we had at the farm. Uh, okay. And in fact, I remember uh, this this guy from Tulum Coffee had come down to visit the estate. Okay. And he had uh, gotten his 
the kava. Okay, okay. So Lovely. we actually roasted the coffee in oh, front of them. Nice. So they literally saw for the first time Very nice. how the green beans right. turned brown and it, how it was not turning oily and dark mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. local people would roast it. Right, right, right. And we made uh, a Chemex out of it uh, the next day or the next to next day after it was rested for a while. And right. We made a Chemex, we ground the coffee using a burr grinder, we made a Chemex okay. with that 92-93 degrees and they were all amazed. Right. You know, like what are we doing, you know, like right, right, what is it, this, like, you know, this weird thing that you're doing and right. it smells really good. Obviously, yes. they hated the coffee. Uh, because because that's it's not their norm, right? Very different to uh, what they're used to. They're right? expecting uh, or their association with milk, coffee is milk and filter. sugar. Correct. Coffee. Yeah. Like how probably most of us did mm. when we were younger, right? Mm. It's in coffee, but that's how that's correct. what we know. Correct, correct. And that at that point, if somebody would have given me a chemist, I was like, what the what, yeah. shit? This this thing, correct. you know, like how do you drink this? Right. But they enjoyed the the process. The process. Looking they enjoyed the fact that you know whatever hard work that we're doing taking care of all the defects out of and why uh, why does prana uh, like like at right. some point me pestering right. them to do this or yes, rake yes. the coffee so much right and now they know right. and it's such a beautiful thing uh, just imagine, to just yeah. to be a small part of the thing correct and uh, so i can That's definitely lovely. imagine uh, yes. what you what you're trying to uh, do right. at that point completing the circle uh, it's beautiful right. hmm. now again okay, so now uh, if somebody wants to start a coffee business, mm. so I would say Chennai is not as a flourished uh, or a, as modern a market as Bangalore is. Sure. Okay. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's just a thought that most of us have. Perception, yeah. Sure. Uh, so somebody wanting to start a new business with the roasting side of it or whatever it is, mm. what would be the advice that you could give? Mm. How to begin? How to begin for me would always start with the roaster. Okay. Uh, if you're starting roastery, for me the biggest thing is to understand what you like. Okay. What you like, what you, uh, what your roasting philosophy is, because that is really the only thing that differentiates one roaster from the other. In some level, it's like art. Okay. Like, you know, Akshay and Kapikote and I hang out together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Technically, we are competitors, Correct. but it doesn't feel that way because yeah. he loves his natural coffees. He knows I will <laughs> never go that side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I have my washed coffee preference yeah. and I know that he's, I mean, and even if we did actually, you know, each venture into each other's territory, we know that what differentiates us to yeah. our customers is the yeah. way we roast. Yeah, yeah. So as long, uh, so instead of building, you know, something which uh, exploits the gaps in the market right now mm-hmm. what might be more sustainable from the long run as a roaster is to understand what the roaster wants to say mm-hmm. what is the gap in the market that that roaster believes uh, he or she can address best and once you know that then you weather everything you weather all your covids and you weather everything else yeah. and uh, you know exactly what it is that you're looking for and that you're trying to put out there and there may be periods when some other type of coffee or some other type of roaster is in demand mm-hmm. but um, as long as you know exactly why you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. why you're roasting coffee the way you do, mm-hmm. um, then I feel you you have a sustainable business. Wow. And were there any mistakes or something that you did and you would want to share that you know people might not repeat it when they are starting? Uh, I feel like I made myself grow a little too slowly. Okay. 
uh, obviously a lot of it was circumstantial for me um, but I spent about two three years just buying two three bags of coffee per year okay. uh, to understand roasting okay. I felt like I should have been a little more aggressive in the beginning okay. uh, obviously there are perils to growing too fast as well yeah, yeah, yeah. but my mistake was I felt I, I feel that I grew a little too slowly in trying to understand the process okay. and uh, sometimes uh, I think I was I was again scared of making mistakes which okay. is why I grew slowly okay. Um, but you do have to make your mistakes. You do have to burn your cash in the beginning in some level to yeah. to then know what is right and what is wrong. Correct. Um, I, I could have fast-tracked the process definitely by a little more. Okay. But um, still, I mean, I'm here. I'm, I'm doing what I like to do. So it's okay. It's a mistake well learned. <laughs> okay. Another very important question. Mm -hmm. This is this is very, very, I don't know how to say, I don't know if it's a right question, but I mm -hmm. think it is a very... Uh, situationally perfect question to ask mm -hmm. when you have both the babies together yeah. your roaster and your okay. actual baby oh, actual uh, baby. no so mm -hmm. so when you had those two mm -hmm. babies together mm -hmm. uh, three four years ago mm -hmm. uh, how did you manage both of it like how did you manage the life balance between the, the coffee side of it and the family mm -hmm. side of it was there like um, any mantra or like is, is anything that you followed like this is what I do? For me, no honestly there's no mantra. I think at every point in time I only do what I like to and want to do. Okay. So in the very beginning and this is also part of the reason why I did grow slow so slowly mm -hmm. because I, uh, when I had uh, my child I didn't want to do anything on the business side too quickly and take away from that time with her. Okay. Um, so I was very very clear about that for the first like year or two. Okay. That I would grow slow uh, slowly. I, I I I was missing out in revenues and opportunities at that mm -hmm. point in time, but I decided that it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so my only mantra was that I, even if it means I'm letting go of opportunities, I would only do what I feel like doing at that okay. point in time. They would. I didn't allow any compulsions from outside. Okay. Uh, I didn't, you know, take investments. Okay. Um, everything was bootstrapped, okay. so that I could have the final say on what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Okay. And um, I didn't allow. I didn't even look at the numbers. I still don't know what the numbers were the first two years of okay. my business. I, I'm sure I made a loss. I don't know how big it was. Okay. But um, I didn't allow myself to look at the numbers at all, okay. so that I would only do what I wanted to do so if for example I had to leave like one day of roasting because I had to be at home um, for whatever yeah, reason yeah. I would do that Correct. and um, alternatively some days I had to roast mm -hmm. there were orders that I could not say no to at that point in time mm -hmm. I had to spend the whole day at the roastery mm -hmm. that is also um, a decision that I took at that point in time and uh, my family did thankfully absolutely they stepped in when I needed them to. So definitely, um, I at that point of time, it was really about, like you say, balance. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that today, I can take some time off from home mm -hmm. uh, to spend a little more time on the roasting side of things, which is needing me. Mm -hmm. Or today, I can take some time off roasting um, to spend some time so, at home. Okay. So uh, it was, I, I, like consciously made myself only focus on what I wanted to do okay. uh, and allowed as little compulsions from outside okay. to filter in as I could. At that point of time, to be very honest, the first two years, growth in the market was so much. Yeah. So many roasteries today who have um, become really big and those two years would have been, were incident, I mean were cruise ship. Mm -hmm. Like I could have done a lot those mm -hmm. two years. 
It just did not. Just an opportunity cost. I mean, you yeah, wanted to focus cost. on something. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Which, which is fair enough. Absolutely. Uh, how was the pandemic for you in terms of the coffee business side of it? Um, yeah, obviously, uh, the machine was already here, the Slayer. So that was a huge hit on our books without yeah. being able to monetize that in any way. Yeah. Because we had to put off the cafe opening by six months. Okay. But... Um, Sale of roasted beans grew a lot, um, as I as I and and I think that all the other roasters also saw this. Okay. Sale of roasted beans grew a lot. People were drinking a lot more coffee at home. There was a lot more interest in different kinds of coffees. So, traffic to the website and sale of roasting roasted beans just grew by two yeah. x, okay. two and a half, three x, whatever. Okay. Uh, and on the plus side, I mean, I obviously it's. I feel wrong saying something is a plus side about a pandemic, but for us, we got the time off to understand what we wanted to be. Because suddenly, in March and April, when things were looking really grim, uh, I mean, things still aren't that much better, but at that point, there was so much uncertainty about the future. So for us, for me and my partner and the team, it presented us with an opportunity to actually sit back in in the face of something which was very life-changing, figure out what we wanted to really do with the cafe, mm-hmm. where we wanted to go mm-hmm. and um, you know how we would fit into the landscape of both Chennai and roasting as a roastery. Okay. So it gave us a lot of time to actually introspect and understand what we wanted to be. So okay. uh, I feel like, to be honest, what we would have opened as before pandemic, if we had opened, uh, if, if COVID had never happened, what we are now are very very different and I'm really comfortable with what we are now and it took that six months of a layoff to sort of understand uh, what we wanted to be so uh, it was very very hard operating and very scary operating at that point it was just a two man team uh, during the pandemic and it was really you know uncertain and uh, the first two three months obviously we couldn't do anything when there was a full lockdown in Tamil Nadu and India and all of that Um, we really weren't able to do and we were hit a lot by you know, lack of sales, Okay. but the sales sort of made up once mm-hmm. we reopened mm-hmm. and um, financially, yes, there was a huge hit on the books considering we bought all the equipment, mm-hmm. but um, on the long run, I think it was long run, yes. to be something for better. Definitely, okay. yes. Now, um, if any planters mm. would like to connect with you, yes. how do they do that? Uh, just reach us reach out to us on, on instagram yeah website or website instagram. or instagram yes website okay. uh, drop an email on the id provided in the website or instagram okay and um, send us samples i'm always happy to try out new coffees okay. so i mean connect with us on instagram and then, and then we from there. yeah oh, great so yes. that is one part of it if somebody wants to seek any advice from you can they reach out on your instagram as well of course yes yeah, cool. yes if you're in chennai schedule like a time that we can catch up yeah. Or uh, for a cup of it, sh- coffee. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> or schedule a call and always get on a call. How important do you think is social media? <laughs> it's very, very important. Yeah. Considering that you came on social media very recently, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I successfully had managed to evade creating a personal account. Yeah. But uh, compulsions, man, compulsions. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very important, I feel. Um, mm-hmm. If uh, you don't, uh, I personally don't allow it to uh, phase me in any way. I don't spend time looking at other Instagram accounts much. Okay. Um, so then I, I feel like I've spared a lot of the uh, 
like you say crappy information that you get yeah uh, there are there is good information and there I is good and bad both i mean with any Correct. source of media absolutely yeah, yeah. And, I, and i know i'm losing out on the good yeah. but uh, and yeah. sometimes i do spend a little bit of time trying to understand what coffee companies are doing mm-hmm. uh, but most of the time i'm not on um, instagram myself much as okay. you can see my my posting yeah. is so sporadic yeah but i but i <laughs> like it that way i just yeah i just post when i feel opposed like to it. how i i use instagram <laughs> Uh, well, most it of my you, work and business comes from Instagram, so correct, I have to yeah. keep that. No, it going. works for you. Yeah. Nice. Uh, the last question is, yes. uh, in terms of knowledge, mm. uh, so I you know let's let's keep Instagram and social media out of it. Mm. But if you had to suggest somebody, uh, like the resources that they can yes. go to, yes, what kind of resources would you suggest? Uh, perfect Daily Grind. Yeah. I think that's a lovely website. I that's like my this. go-to. Yeah. yeah. Every time I go, it's something different. Yeah. There's something for everybody, and I've learned so much from there. Yeah. Um, I like looking also at the Specialty Coffee Association of America, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, now they've combined. I think both Europe an and America. Yeah. But they still do have a separate website. Oh, interesting. CAA, and they have some old uh, resources in oh, the American website. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I like looking at that, and then um, I I also like looking at roasters that I like from the US. Stumptown Coffee. Okay. Um, Verve Coffee. Okay. And a couple of others, uh, hot coffee roasters in Portland. Correct. Two or three people that I look at to see. I just like I just like yeah. the ethos of those companies and yeah. those cafes. So I I keep uh, looking at their pages their pages to see what they're doing new. Perfect. Um, and for me, like honestly, one very underrated resource is the Coffee Board of India. Right now, I don't know if they're open or operational in any way. Mm-hmm. But I attended one of their Kapi Shastras and I also have interacted with Dr. Basavaraj a lot mm-hmm. about roasting machines and uh, things like that. And I know they get they get a lot of flack, maybe deservedly, I don't know. But my interactions with them have always been very positive. Mm-hmm. As long as, again, like you say, sift out the information that you need and go, go to them with very, very pointed questions. Yeah. Uh, and then you actually receive some wonderful answers. So when I was actually initially without a roaster, without a sample roaster, anything had, you know, samples from coffees that I needed roasted, um, they helped me with it very nicely. For yeah. a, I mean, the fee was uh, like incidental, it's irrelevant, but it was a very nominal fee. Yeah. But uh, most people don't know that they provide that. Yeah. Uh, and they have service. a beautiful lab. They have a lovely have lab. Lovely lab. They have some lovely people in quality control who yeah. actually take, take the time uh, like so, if if you reach out to them with interesting questions, they're also very interested to talk. No. Mm. So that's a very underrated resource that I have. Um, I've been very lucky to find it and use it well. Yeah. Uh, and they've also been very nice to spend yeah. time with me. Yeah. But I think that's a great resource. If I, if and when you know things get a little better for meeting with people and things like sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've always gotten some extreme views. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I don't want to comment on it, but. I think I think there are people who really support it. Yes. Like they have gotten yes. some really good help. Yes. And then uh, I think it's just probably it's more to do with how we go as a, with our approach. And how what kind of expectations you have as with any other government yeah, agency. Yeah, true, true, true. You are very clear about your expectations and uh, and I think then they would definitely be very helpful. Okay. Um, last question is mm-hmm. any uh, any last word before we wrap the episode. Uh, thanks a lot for doing this and I'm really looking forward to your movie as well. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, interacting with you and love to hear the podcasts and everything um, has also opened up. In a way, it uh, connects roasters and, you know, 
coffee personnel from different parts of the country hmm. which otherwise i don't get much at all like hmm. i don't um, i'm immersed in my cafe my roasting correct like correct in the chennai scene of coffee yeah. so it's nice to do more of this cross collaboration yeah uh, you know across the community so it's through you that i got to know akshay as well so uh so thanks for that and uh, please do come to chennai more often sure sure so uh, guys if you ever do come to chennai please uh, have have some time kept to come visit beachville coffee roasters uh, not just for the coffee but also for some really amazing food uh, and if you get lucky you might get to sit and chat with devi herself with a filter coffee um and for those who are not in chennai i mean you can definitely uh, get their coffee online yes beachwellcoffee.com uh, beachwellcoffee.com i'll put link in the show notes and that's it from now we're sitting in the roastery at the cafe um and i'll see you next week bye bye so that was it for this particular episode with divya we'll be back soon with another episode with a new episode Yeah don't worry I have some great podcast lined up that I recorded in um, Nagaland it's it's really inspiring I just have to finish that up and then plan a few more episodes if you do have any feedback like always please do send them across to me uh, I'll be more than happy to uh, to go through them and you know apply whatever I can to make this even better for all of you uh, and for myself as well and yeah if you do uh, wish or would like to have somebody on the podcast please do let me know i can definitely definitely try okay thank you very much and like always do remember let's make coffee simple <laughs>